I'm going to start recording. I don't know anything about the group five though. Okay. You, you, you know about the Mac, you know, uh, about conference USA, you know, about the Sun Belt. All right. You know about life and all the beautiful things that it comes with life. Amen. Hey, Ethan is going to start us off with our theme music because I tried to put music into the episode last week and my computer almost exploded. So Ethan is our new theme music guy. Do you got us? Take it away. Because you had a bad day. We might get copyrighted. Sing a sad song. Turn life around or something like I, I do have some, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. I do have some housekeeping issues as we as we start this episode. First, I don't know if you guys have looked and listen to one of the podcast episodes but tell me if my eyes are just bad is the art on our logo on our podcast is it a little blurry no i know what you're talking about it's not it's not necessarily our podcast it has something to do when you uh click on it a certain way but okay. I, I know what you're talking about it doesn't make sense what i'm saying but like whenever you i think you have to play it and then you you slide up when you're playing it and it does that but when you when you don't so like can you see? It's very, <laughs> it's very glary, but I, I can kind of see it, Kate. It's it's not us. I get it's what you're saying. I'm on board with what you're saying. Okay. Hello, okay. honey. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Ah, uh, doing great. Doing great. Just talking, talking ball with my friends. That's what that's what I get to do on this uh, Tuesday night. Is when we're recording this. There's a little bit of a tea storm outside. I just noticed something. Our podcast, like artwork, we have a baseball on there. Have we ever talked about baseball? TBD. TBD I think, on baseball. I think we talked about the World Series a little bit, right? Did Maybe. We? No, we did not. <laughs> we did not. We did not. Hey, if you're listening on Apple, uh, if you could like and subscribe, I don't know exactly how it works on there. Maybe even leave us a five star review and maybe even a comment, you know? Just want to throw that out there, help the help the brand, help the Bad Take podcast presented by Dunderhead Sports. But I want to get right into it. You know how some people they see these matchups on these on these lesser weeks, as they like to call it, like week three, right? There's not a, there's not even a ranked matchup on the whole entire on the whole entire thing. So you have your uncle being like, "Oh, I'm not going to watch football this week because it's not going to be fun." Well, they are always wrong. In my opinion, the best weekend of college football so far. Man, we had some great games. Good teams struggled. It was fun across the board. And let's start with what I believe to be a team that just doesn't know what to do. I'm talking about the actual coaching staff. I'm talking about the players. But most importantly, I'm talking about the fan base. They do not know what to do with themselves right now. They are broken, and they just won a game. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Kate, I want you to read on that game against South Florida real quick. That game was wild because South Florida has not been good for a long time. And it was like a miracle what they were doing with Alabama. I mean, obviously their offense was atrocious, but I think you'll take that. When, yeah. you, can, when you can play Alabama, so t- I mean, it was 3-3 at half. I mean, you played them tight the entire game. Not that I believe in moral victories like all the time in college sports but it's kind of a win for south florida i think you can recruit some better kids to south florida being like hey sorry we're talking about alabama but anyway again you're a group five guy what this is the angle i need from you (laughs) anyway yeah alabama definitely has some things to work on i don't even know who's calling the defense hashtag lane kiffin playing mind games uh offense messed up Jalen Milrow is going to be the starter again though so 
he's he's got to be the only guy that feels good right now as an Alabama <laughs> player. Yeah, it was clear in their game this past week that until they figure out the quarterback miss, like I've heard things like maybe Milrow was suspended, like it was some disciplinary thing. I don't know. How there much are I'm, but... there are rumors going around that Jalen Mil- Milrow was suspended. They just did not disclose that information. Yeah, I don't want to say that matter of fact, but I, I think it was. Pro- I I tend to think it was probably you know everybody was overreacting after the Texas loss. All you heard about was like, oh, you got to give another quarterback a shot. So I tend to think it was probably just they wanted to give somebody else a shot. Nick Saban out of spite saying, hey, Tommy Reese, take one of these other quarterbacks and see what you can do with them. But it just uh, it felt like maybe a, a gut reaction for them after losing to Texas because Alabama's not supposed to lose to Texas to replace your quarterback. But by and large, I mean, I think it's pretty clear now he's kind of your best option. I oh, mean, by it, far, clearly Middle Tennessee who he shredded week one is not that bad because they almost beat Missouri, which I'm doing that little wide. I forget what you call it, where you the, the where you go, this team beat this team. This beat, I have some theory now. Vicarious? Or no, is, is that or transitive what it's called? Yes. Transitive property. Transitive property. I'm doing transitive property right now, but he destroyed a Middle Tennessee team that almost beat Missouri that beat Kansas State. So clearly he's not bad. I think Milrose your guy, and I think that this weekend is – Maybe the biggest game Nick Saban has coached in the past, I don't even want to say how many years, but I mean, if they drop to two and two with losses to Ole Miss and Texas, I think you can say Alabama's no longer, you know, top dog. Well, that's the question, right? Is the is the empire falling? Is the, is the dynasty no more? Uh, even Saban's language is a little bit different. Like he was, he had a different sound in his post-game press conference saying, you know, he was like proud of his guys, how they handled adversity. He would not say that if they beat that same team with that same score, if it was like Ole Miss or Missouri or something like that. He would not He would not be saying that. It reminds me a little bit of anybody seen Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, Star Wars movies? Yes. Great. It reminds me, you know, at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back when, you know, the Empire's at their full force. Darth Vader, he's just angry. He wants to get the job done. And he's like even choking his own men that do barely anything wrong. But then by the end, like Admiral Piet lets the lets the Millennium Falcon go, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm about to get killed!" And all all Darth Vader does is just hangs his head and walks away. That's what we are at right now with Nick Saban. Nick Saban is Darth Vader in this in this metaphor, but uh, we'll see. I've never been in a year where Nick Saban has not bounced back from some of this early adversity in a season. Last time Alabama was out of the top ten, I believe, it was 2015. And they ended up winning the national championship that year. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But a lot of teams, a lot of teams struggled. And another one of those teams, Florida State, struggled against Boston College. Ended up winning thirty-one to twenty-nine. Did anybody watch that game? I thought Florida State was on the verge of blowing them out. I think it was like thirty-one to ten. And then I looked up, and it was thirty-one twenty-nine. I just don't. I didn't see what happened. Did was anybody else watching that thing? Whenever it was thirty-one ten, and saw how. Boston College climbed back in? Yeah, there were a couple of key plays. I think there was a turnover in there that caused Boston – like, there was just a couple of mess-ups from Florida State that caused Boston College to, to catch up. Well, all I know is that was surprising. But, I mean, Boston College was literally wearing uniforms where the numbers were – what's that, that like, uh, pattern for bandanas? Paisley? Sure. I mean, Boston College is literally wearing some hideous uniforms, and it's Boston College, and there's literally a- okay. Can I can I can I stop you there? The reason is 
these paisley uniforms look like a bandana is because they're honoring a guy that saved people on 9-11 how do you feel right okay, now? okay i did not know that <laughs> disregard it's, that. Oh, it's the bandana game man <laughs> completely disregard me making fun of the bandana that is a beautiful tribute um but he, let me get on to what i was saying that- he saved lives at the world trade center ethan how do you feel are you is this true? I am dead serious. The bandana game, the red bandana game from college. Okay, I feel terrible. I completely apologize. <laughs> I just thought they were doing it because they thought it looked cool. Uh, and I was like, it doesn't, but that's actually really cool. They're doing. Oh that. my! Hats goodness. off to the Golden Eagles. I think they're Golden Eagles, maybe just Eagles. But um, <laughs> what I was saying was, you almost lost to a team that had that is called Boston college and isn't known for football. It is only known for producing the best quarterback of all time, Matt Ryan, but they're not known for anything else. And also there was a hurricane like coming. They're like, they literally were like, Oh, there's hurricane coming into the area at some point soon. There's like 20 mile an hour winds before (laughs) kickoff. But yeah, let's pretend I never said anything about the bandana. Yeah. We're going to keep that in there. And also Boston college shot themselves in the foot a lot. They had 18. It was a, it was a school record, 18 penalties. And the last one was, was the worst one. They got a third down stop to get the ball back with enough time to score. And a guy got a face mask penalty. Florida State got a first down. They were able to run out the clock. So it was it was a weird game where Florida State almost like they didn't win the game. Boston College lost the game. If that if that makes sense, <laughs> honey. In your in your watching the game, did did it look like like Florida State was the better team? Who looked like the better team? Towards the end, it looked like Boston College. Uh, just only because they were playing harder. Florida State was just trying to hold them off, and that face mask penalty was definitely what caused them to end up losing the game. Big game coming up, Florida State against Clemson on the road. I know Clemson is not as good this year as they have been in years past, but that's going to be a tough environment. We'll, we'll talk about that game when we get to our picks later. Texas even struggled against Wyoming. Cade, our Power 5 guy. No, not our Power 5 guy. Our, our Group 5 guy, excuse me. Can I, can I declare Wyoming good? I know the score ended up looking a lot worse, but that game was close for three and a half quarters. Yeah, I think Wyoming's really good. Uh, I think they'll compete in the Mountain West. I mean, their coach, Craig Bowl, was kind of the start of the North Dakota State dynasty, and then he took the Wyoming job, and he hasn't had much success there, but it looks – I mean, they've been average, and then now it looks like they're getting pretty good. And, uh, yeah, I think Wyoming's going to be really good this year. I mean, they played Texas, who has a lot better athletes, close almost the entire game. Yeah, Texas ended up actually going up a spot. I think they're number three now in the AP poll. Um, I think that was just a, kind of a come-down game after the big win against Alabama. I, I think Texas will be fine. We'll, we'll keep an eye on them. I'll tell you where the sky is falling, though. Knoxville, Tennessee. Ethan Westerman, though, we got to give props to him. Good call picking that that Florida upset. He knew from the get-go. Yeah, the Florida defense has been good this year. I mean, people – I think that the season got off to such a terrible start for them with the very first play being a long touchdown they gave up that you just kind of were like, oh, Florida sucks. Let's just not watch them at all. The rest of that game was pretty competitive against Utah, which is ranked high, and their defense has been playing pretty well. I think the question was like just everybody was like, oh, Graham Mertz, can he do anything? I mean, up until last week, I didn't really have much faith in their offense, but I did feel good about having that defense and being at home in the swamp at night. I've heard it was the type of swamp atmosphere that they probably reminiscent to like, you know, the first game of last year against Utah, they said it was electric. But before that, you know, it had been a while. All I'm saying, Florida in the East right now, 
I would be hard pressed to, I mean, I was low on him entering the year, but I'm kind of sitting here now looking at the landscape. Don't be surprised if Florida finished second. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Shivers, shivers down my spine. They've beaten Tennessee. I mean, who? how much tougher is it going to get aside from you got Georgia? Georgia, but Kentucky, Georgia, Missouri. Kentucky, I'm not buying their stock. They've not looked very good. Missouri, come on now. <laughs> I think they, they found magic in a bottle for one game. We'll talk about the thicker kicker here in a bit. I'm very excited to talk about that game. They're going to beat Vandy, Florida should. they? I mean, uh, I shouldn't say that. Last year, Vandy knocked them off. All I'm saying, Florida right now, the, the East, the it's it's your destiny. You only have one loss, and it's in the non-conference. Like, show us that you can keep it up. Aside from Ed Orgeron, Billy Napier has the most Cajun accent I've ever heard in my life. I didn't realize how much of a of a Louisiana man Billy Napier is. His voice is beautiful. I love that accent. Brian Kelly's been working on his um, his family. It's pretty authentic. Yeah, it really is. He's definitely definitely a Louisiana guy when you hear Brian Kelly talk. And let's let's flip the tables though. Let's talk about Tennessee. Man, my guy Bazooka Joe, Joe Milton. He really just has not lived up to really artificial hype. There were some moments in that in that game against Florida, but their offense has not been explosive at all this year. I think they've had on it. Is it four throws over twenty plus yards this entire season? Nasty stat. But listen, we're rooting for Bazooka Joe. And I and I hope it it works out. Does anybody call him Bazooka Joe, or am I just am I am I starting this nickname? I feel like it's a good nickname for the guy. Yes, Cannon starting it. All right, well, we'll, yeah, we'll start that here. Um, But the funny thing was, I mean, it was halftime of that game, and there was a Twitter space where fans of of Vol Nation were already concerned about the O line recruiting of Josh Heupel, and if he can actually get this done. Mind you, they were number one in the in the college football playoff polls at one point last year and the tide is already turning i guess we thought they were going to have more of a come down this year a little bit for sure but this was kind of a big wake-up call for them against florida ethan shaking his head over here i guess in agreement yeah i'm just agreeing he's agreeing let's do some coaching hot seats here i want i want everybody who wants to chime in to give me a, a meter on how hot this this person's seat is. All right. So we're going to start with Sam Pittman. Lost <laughs> Arkansas lost to BYU 38 to 31. How hot is that seat right now, guys? Lukewarm water that's been sitting out for a couple hours and it's kind of on the more on the side of cold, but it's lukewarm. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I mean the dude took over a program that he already has more wins this – he has as many wins this season as, as his predecessor ever had in a season. I hear you. Um, I mean, maybe ask again next year, but I think we aren't even to lukewarm yet. Cade, where's that seat right now? Um, I think it's warm. There's no way I think he gets fired this year, Um, similar to what Ethan was saying. I mean, it would take – like a subpar this year, subpar year this year, and then another subpar year the next year, uh, which wouldn't necessarily even be fair. Like, I just think people lose all sense of context. Um, like, I went to the Alabama game last year when we were getting blown out, and this fan behind me says, this is the worst Arkansas team I've ever seen. And I, I thought to myself, do you remember the Chad Morris era? And But that's how people are. They they just forget. 
So that I think, but I think Sam's good for this year, regardless of what happens, but we can still bounce back. I think the seat's only warm because of his staff choices, not exactly on Sam himself. So I think he's also fine for the next at least two, three years. Yeah, I think that seat is not necessarily warm, but Hunter Yurchik is there with like a, a bottle of gasoline ready to light that thing at any point if we have a few more bad losses this year. You know, at some point, this is year four of the of the Sam Pittman era, and they really have not, aside from year two where he won nine games, have not lived up to expectations. You, know, you come in ranked last year, end up seven and six with a bull win, albeit. And, but this was the year. This is the year that people were saying this has this team has depth, and you already have a pretty bad loss against a, a mediocre. Well, we'll see how they end up going BYU team uh, to start this. So yeah, Pippen seat is not hot. Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, just lost to who was it? South, South Alabama. Alabama got crushed by South Alabama. Guys, has Mike Gundy done anything special in the last what five years? I guess he he made the Big Twelve championship. Maybe that was three years ago. Two years ago, yeah, he uh, he won the Big Twelve championship in twenty twenty one, and they also won the festival. Okay, well that's pretty good. I, I forgot about that <laughs> year. I guess. <laughs> Uh, so maybe he's not on the hot seat. Um, we'll see what happens there and uh, in, in Stillwater. But uh, we'll just go ahead and move on. I forgot about that Fiesta Bowl <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, that'll get you. That'll get you pretty far at a place like Oklahoma State. Hey, Matt Campbell though, Iowa State. What do we think there? That's wild. Did you see him try to fight an Iowa State fan? Did you see that Iowa State fan? One of the craziest looking dudes out there. <laughs> I did see him try to fight that fan. That was pretty wild. And the fan was correct, though. Yeah, I mean, he might be, which is pretty wild because Matt Campbell is one of the hottest names in coaching a couple years ago. I think he was in the mix for the Arkansas job before we got Pittman. Yeah, I think his seat is uh, heating up. I don't think he'd be fired. I think Iowa State's a hard job, and they understand that. But, I mean, you got to start winning more of your rivalry game. More more games in general. I guess losing record last year. It kind of seems like they peaked and now they're kind of declining. Yeah, you just lost Ohio. That's that's tough to do. I think it's relatively warm, but I also think Iowa State's. I mean, if we get any Iowa State people in the mentions telling me that I'm, you know, maybe reading their program wrong, I'm just not sure it's a place that's like Ethan. You're reading our program wrong. <laughs> I don't know how they sound in Iowa. I was gonna. They say- almost sounded a little effeminate. I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know how much Iowa State is like a place that I, I feel like it at least should be a place that you're kind of fine with having your Matt Campbells that they'll have some pretty good years here and there. Guys, I mean, are you really waiting on the guy to bring you to the glory land at Iowa State? If you are, I'm sorry for misinterpreting you. But I think you've got to live with the lows and just to get the highs with this guy. I, I think the seat is scalding. I like <laughs> I think after this year he's gone. This team is bad. I don't know if you guys have watched any Iowa State football, but this team is terrible. All the good graces of a few years ago are gone with Matt Campbell. He's gone after this year. That is my that is my take. A guy who is not on the hot seat, guys. Any sort of flame has been extinguished after this win against Kansas State. Eli Drinkowitz drink Arkansas Tech grad. Guys, what was our what was our thoughts about that game? Uh, what was it near the end? There was like a delay of game that caused the field goal to be farther. Yeah, it went from 56 yards to 61 yards. And I think that was intentional so it could be even cooler. No, based on his body language, that was definitely not intentional. He was about to have a stroke over there on the sideline. <laughs> his management was awful. It was <laughs> awful. Had, had Nevis Nevis, I think it's Nevis, 
maybe it's, it's Harrison Mevis. Had he not made that kick, listen, we'd be singing a completely different tune right now about Drinkwitz because people would have instantly dogged him about that delay a game. And it would be like, here is evidence A of why this guy needs fired. Instead, the thicker kicker comes through and drills this field goal with plenty of legs still left in it. And now it's like, oh, Drinkwitz has Mizzou back. I mean, that kick, after Nevis graduates, Nevis, if Drink still has a job, he owes him a little bit of the paycheck, man. Brady Cook might be out next week. And if he's out, they're probably going to lose to Memphis. And then people are going to be livid. I don't know. Drinkowitz, he is a he's five hundred below five hundred every year by a game, and eventually that wears thin. So we're just gonna keep a Drinkowitz hot seat meter, and it's just gonna go week to week depending on if he wins or loses that game. Uh, the funny thing is, though, uh, allegedly Missouri fans booed Brady Cook as he walked out to be the starter against Kansas State. Eli Drinkowitz came out after the game was very upset. People have been asking for Sam Horn, so this might be a blessing in disguise for either Drinkwitz to show if Sam Horn struggles against Memphis. Hey, I did choose the right guy. It is Brady Cook. So this could be a blessing in disguise that he's forced to play Sam Horn. And if he ends up being good, so be it. He wins again. Good for drink. But I don't know. Honey, how hard is it? You're a soccer player. You know how to kick a soccer ball. I don't know if you ever kicked a football in your life. How hard would it be to kick a, a 61-yard field goal? That seems like a near-impossible task for anybody to do. It's pretty tough. Uh, I think you being doing it in college uh, is even more impressive than doing it you know, professionally. Kudos to him. Onions, onions, <laughs> onions. I'll tell you this, though. We, me and Ethan were here watching this game, and before I even saw the kicker, I was like, is that fat kicker still a part of this team? All right, I'm not promoting it, but um... – I did have a little three-team par, three-way parlay going on. There you go. In this game, and I literally needed this guy to miss a kick to win me <laughs> some money. And I'm sitting there with a guy named Scotty, who I was watching the game with, and I said, if there's any kicker in the world who could make a 61-yarder, it's this guy. I said, I would rather this be like a 30-yarder right now than a 61-yarder. And he was like, no way. I said, just watch. I'm telling you, I think that would have gone in from – 70 yards this dude destroyed the foot i love the thicker kicker and he i love the game shot beat auburn last year so like ethan was saying he missed a pat against middle tennessee i think he's only a distance man just like me <laughs> he's, got le- he's got leverage that's what it's all about i don't have that <laughs> no leverage for ethan game of the week it was a very awesome game to watch no that was not the game of the week what do you what's gonna be the game of the week if you say what i think you're gonna say i'm gonna punch you in the face the game that got the highest rated viewing and pro- yeah that was pretty sick the late night window of all time hey raise your hand this is not good for radio because nobody can see this but raise your hand if you stayed up till 1 45 a.m to watch the end of that game <laughs> hey horror hall we are all college <laughs> football fans what a game what a game that was i was gonna save colorado talk for later but my goodness that was so fun. Again, not, almost 10 million viewers for a, a Pac-12 game. Usually, we were talking about this with Matt Hubbard, but usually those games go to about one to two million viewers. So, Dion, man, he's he's got him he's got him fired up. Thoughts on that game? Thoughts on Colorado as a whole? What's going on right now, guys? They survived. There was they beat they the survived. There was a team that they should have beaten by 22 points according to Vegas, but they barely made it out. Let me ask you this: Who looked like the better team in that game? Colorado State. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I mean, really, they should have won. If you look on the uh, ESPN like predictor that will like predict victory at throughout the game, they have like a ninety percent chance to win, and then Colorado scores a touchdown to tie it, and then that percentage just plummets. Really, they just needed to. I mean, easier said than done, obviously, but like control the clock and then yeah. as Colorado gets it. They got really conservative, I felt like, on defense, Colorado State. Like they stopped bringing pressure at the end and they play, play, played prevent. And prevent prevents winning, as a coach has always said. That's a good word. I like that. They they played to survive. They did not play to win. They honestly probably should have. They had a that punt that went out of like the two-yard line. Good punt, I know. But they it was like fourth and one. And they were they were running the ball. They were moving the ball. They were winning the, at the line of scrimmage against Colorado. Should have gone for it. Should have gone for two, honestly, in that overtime. Because that's what you do when you're on the road. Like you can't. The, all the momentum was with Colorado. You, there was no way to extend that game. Coaching <laughs> coaching lost it for him at the end with uh, Jay Norvell. Did, struggled at the end of that game. The two way star for Colorado got hurt, right? Travis Hunter, yes. Travis Hunter, yeah. You get hurt. Lacerated kidney, I believe, is the is the injury. He'll be out for three weeks. It was a dirty hit by that Colorado player, for sure. But I was, I was saying, you know, um, Deion Sanders has brought in, um, and I'm not him specifically has done this, but him just being the the coach of Colorado and and his celebrity and his fan of, has brought in a uh, Taylor Swift or like you know how like K-pop stands. If you do something wrong to one of the, to the person they like, K-pop stands will send death threats to your family. That same thing happened to that guy that that bad hit on Travis Hunter. So. K-pop stands have what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out, Ethan. Before I can't, I can't infiltrated 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 college football. Colorado will be playing Oregon this week. We'll talk about that game here in a second. But good for them. This is what I've been wanting to talk about this whole time, though. Iowa, their offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz has a contractual need to average 25 points a game for the this season to survive. Cade, what did he do in this past game? He scored 41 points against Western Michigan. That's right. And they, I think they went for it already up big. They went for it on like fourth and one with a few seconds left just to get to 41 <laughs> to help the average out. So Brian Ferrett stays alive. The The race to 325 lives on. It'll be really sad if Iowa finally figures out its offense and its defense starts to be. Biff Poggi update. Lost 41 to 25 to Georgia State. In the uh, post-game presser, he said, this falls on me. I'm telling you right now, I'm on a war path. <laughs> Again, I still haven't seen a Charlotte 49ers game, but I don't think uh, I don't think they're too good. It would be my guess, are they? Uh, they're probably just going to be average in their conference. <laughs> but um, everything I hear about Biff Boji is like this epic thing every time. We'll see. What, does he, what does he mean? What does he talk about this war path that he's on? He basically said that the coaches are going to be a lot on a lot tighter leash. He's going to grade them more strictly. He's going to go through their uh, schemes and he's going to just throw out stuff they don't do good. He said he's simplifying everything. Wow. He said football is a simple game. You don't have to be that smart. He's like you just have to execute. So anyway, he's on a war path, and we'll we'll keep you updated on that war path as the season goes on. Georgia State, 3-0 and for the first time ever, Cade. How we feeling? I'm feeling good. The Panthers are rolling, and uh, it's been a long time coming. Their quarterback is pretty pretty dang good. Granger is his last name. He's, he's the athlete. That's actually going to be a great matchup, Thursday night football. Grayson McCaw 
versus uh, Granger will be a great matchup of quarterbacks. Hey. Who are they playing? Uh, Coastal Carolina and Georgia State play on Thursday night. Oh, that's must Whenever watch most television. Whenever most people think of Thursday night football, they're thinking NFL. RG of five. Cade, Cade, you'd be proud of me. I did not watch the game, the, the NFL game last week. I watched Memphis Navy. Oh, beautiful stuff. It was sick. It was a great <laughs> game. Liberty update for us. The Flames are doing great. They're, I mean, the offense looks incredible. They're Liberty fans, and I think I might agree with this, tweeting out, Chadwell offense greater than Hugh Freeze offense. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Caden Salter. the Kool-Aid. He's going off. He threw for 344 yards, five touchdowns, 66 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. Was the Conference Player of the Week, the Campbell Award Player of the Week, the Manning Award Star of the Week, and the, on the Davey O'Brien Grade 8 list of the week. So I also saw some other Twitter pages not affiliated with Liberty or Liberty fans listing him as a dark horse Heisman candidate. So <laughs> the offense looks incredible. Jamie Chadwell is taking the Flames to new heights. The, f- the flame has been fanned. The flame has been fanned. Does that make sense what I just said? The flame has yeah. been fanned? Yeah, and flames. Anyway, I like how, so in our, our show notes here for what we're going to talk about, Liberty has by far the most notes written on it, and it's all Caden Salter's Player of the Week awards that he's, he's gotten. <laughs> so go, go, Liberty. I'm happy for you. All right. But, uh, Matt, I, I have no agenda for this. I just – I love talking to you so much. This is really why I wanted to, to bring you on here. Uh, we will get to picks at some point. Matt Hubbard is with us. Matt, how are you? What's up? How are you guys? Now, this is not your first time on a sports radio or podcast, whatever you want to call it. This is not your first time, right? You're you're a world champion of something? I I am. I I, I uh, was selected to be in the clergy bowl uh, on 103.7 The Buzz Radio, part of the show with no name a couple of years ago. And I actually won the thing, and it was crazy. It was a cool opportunity with some other pastors to get together and just talk about sports trivia. And we had an hour during their primetime slot. It was a fast-paced, uh, on-the-air live deal, me versus three other guys. And I came back in the final round, the lightning round, and I think it won by 10 or 12. So it was pretty good. It was it was a nice win. And David Basil was a part of that. I've got the trophy actually in my office. And he told me it was going to look like the, the, the Lombardi trophy. Uh, and I was thinking like a little mini version, but no, it was a full on. Kate's seen it. It's a it's a pretty legit trophy. How are we feeling about the Razorbacks right now, Matt? Man, it's a little disappointing, a little deflating, a little uh, maybe bait and switch. Um, I actually heard some commentary this morning that uh, may have even alluded to the fact that maybe even with the Enos offensive scheme that they had made a promise to KJ to get him better as a pro even at the expense of winning. Now, that's a pretty outlandish claim, but um, – Oh, it, man, you know, don't but tell it, me that's true. If that's true. I, I hope it's not true, but it's – you know, I do think there needs to be some significant changes, uh, not in personnel, but, I mean, let KJ be KJ. Let's get some offensive line going. I think there have been some question marks on, is an Arkansas four-star the same as a Florida four-star group, like those type things, and I don't know. What did, y'all think, what did you guys think about the hands comment? Oh, that uh, there's a bunch of hand injuries on on the on the O line. Look, here. yeah. Listen, I, I'm a Sam Pittman ride or die guy, but he has said some things in the last couple of weeks that I I just wish he hadn't he hadn't said. You know what I mean? If I hear yeah. the word Samalytics one more time, I think I'm going to punch a wall. You can't be dropping Samalytics right now. But uh, the, the O line 
remark about hand injuries does kind of seem like an excuse. Cade, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, hands are important as a former <laughs> as a former offensive lineman. <laughs> the hands are important, but it's surprising that we wouldn't have other guys play at a higher level than an injured person, if that makes sense. Like, you think if that was the case, they would have put in the second teamers. Right, and wouldn't, and wouldn't you think, too, that – I mean, if hands were the issue, then holding wouldn't be right because they can't grab a hold of anything if they got hands issues. But it's just it's it's tough. This is year four. Sam Pittman is an O line coach, and that's what cost us the game against BYU. I just I don't know what to do. I don't know. What and to what do. about the gauntlet coming up? I know we're going to talk picture in a little bit, but the gauntlet. I mean, oh, don't even tell me a, a month well, away thing, from failing. Mean, oh my god! If we win this game, though, then BYU doesn't really matter. That's like, true. If, if like we the whole season you. can flip, you're going to lose some games you shouldn't and win some you shouldn't. I don't and think I like your optimism. We shouldn't burn the, the, the ship ultimate out. optimist. <laughs> I like it, man. But, you know, and I, I told you guys in the group text earlier, I was like, we're, we're done, though, picking Arkansas games. I, I can't. I don't even want to think about them in that sort of way. You know what I mean? I just I, I can't yeah. do it. So you're not even going to so, have to worry about that. So moving on from that, what, what's your read on – I know this is the other hot topic, but uh, hearing about CU and the and, and all the Buffaloes up there, and even I think I heard a stat this morning that said that that was the most viewed game in ESPN history. Matt, it had almost 10 million viewers. Their average viewing for that Pac-12 night game is like one to two million. It had almost 10 million people watching that game, myself included. I stayed up the whole time. I was on it too. I mean, it was way past my bedside. I don't think keeping me up with my son's birthday party, his sleepover. But, but man, I mean, well, happy birthday. happy birthday to Jackson, by the way. Yeah, shout out. Deion Sanders is doing better than just about any coach I've ever seen at selling his team. And I, I think that – oh, and Matt Hubbard's got the sunglasses on. Yeah, I had to, you know, embrace my inner prime. But, I mean, ESPN – and I'll just say them because they're the biggest of the the media people. But Fox is doing this too. Anything related to Colorado, they are just they are eating it up. I mean, you have Adam Schefter tweeting about Coach Prime beating Colorado State, a team that he should have beaten by twenty eight points according to Vegas. Uh, had to go to overtime. You got him boasting about Coach Prime being three and zero, calling him Coach Prime, which is very weird for a fifty year old man to call another fifty year old man. But in my humble opinion. But I'll tell you, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. It's very impressive how how he's selling Colorado football. Yeah, and the talent that he's got up there is incredible. I've been on on CU's campus a few times, and um, used to be a fan, but even back in the Cordell Stewart days, uh, and Rashawn Salam before that, Bill McCartney. Um, but it's a um, it's a beautiful campus up there, and have Prime come in is uh, with the talent that he's done. I've I've been impressed. I've got a. Uh, my sister lives in Golden, not too far from there, and one of her good friends is actually one of the security guards at all the the Buffalo games, and so he's actually on the field during this time. And he said the energy up there is just insane. Oh yeah, me and Cade were joking earlier. Those Colorado, that student section, this is their second game they've ever been to in their life. So <laughs> they, this is all new for them. They're very excited. Right, one thing I thought was interesting uh, that Colorado State player—I don't remember his name—but he had that dirty hit on. Travis Hunter, right? The aftermath, though, and this is where you start to notice like non-college football fans have gotten into college football, specifically Colorado, because I've seen those kind of hits before. And they're bad, but they're part of the game in a little bit of ways. But you have people 
putting out death threats against this guy's family and him. You have people saying he should be suspended for the season. Colorado, Dion specifically, not just Colorado. Dion has brought in an entire new fan base into college football, which I don't know if this is the best thing for the sport. I like my I like my niche sport, you know? It's becoming too too much. You know what I mean? Cade, what's your thoughts on the whole thing? I mean, it's pretty sad that people let a sport drive their life to where they're issuing death threats after the fact. Like that's Dion a whole has brought Taylor it. Swift level fandom to college football. Yeah. And then Dion, to his credit, was like you need to move on. Everybody's forgiven him. Right. He was like, I hope it's not our fans doing that. We credit to Dion for saying that. I mean, it's pretty sad. And because, like, before the game even ended, I think they reported that his phone number and his mom's number and stuff was, like, leaked yeah. on, like, the internet, which is just wild that people can do that. Before we get into picks, Matt, uh, you're a big Saturday college football watcher. You also are a grill master, smoking man, smoking king. What's your, like, ideal Saturday watching setup? Yeah, you know, uh, a couple years ago, we had a house fire and lost everything. So our new house, in fact, you guys could help us move into here, uh, help even assemble some of these grills and smokers. Way to go, Kay Daniel, back there. Um, But that's become one of my favorite spots. We have a really cool back deck area. We've got a big TV back there and I've now figured out a way to, to hang up my hammock between a couple of trees. And uh, even a couple of weeks ago, I, I set it up. It was a super cool morning, not quite crisp, but getting there, set up the, you know, and, and just watched a little game day. And it was on Alabama. I'm like, I don't care anything about Alabama, but I care about college football on this Sunday. And so it's a great setup. Me and Cassio, my wife will sit back there and, watch some games and um, while smoking some ribs or some wings. And uh, it's a fun, it's a fun place. It's just relaxing. And our neighbors kind of enjoy it too, because, you know, some of them may not have cable so they can watch ours. So it's, it's a win-win for all the neighbors. Great, great community connection point. Man, I don't know if you can see because the quality's low, but I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about your <laughs> your outdoor watching experience. Have you ever tried brisket on that thing? Just curious. I have. I actually smoked a brisket. That was the last thing I smoked. Surprisingly, I actually did a – I've never had Wagyu before. Ooh. Heard of Wagyu, like that Japanese kind of beef. I found one at Costco that was, was pretty cheap, like a smaller one. I need to smoke two briskets. Cool thing about the brisket is that I've learned with smoking it. First one I did was not good. The last couple have been pretty good. It's probably the easiest meat to smoke. Yeah. And that takes the longest. Like I'd put it on, on the on the pit the night before and just, you know, kind of set it and forget it, like one of those old infomercials used to be. And and we would just set it out there and then come wrap it up later. But man, it was so tender, so good. Even the Wagyu, so great. I never had that and it was it was awesome. And so the one the but, one time I had Wagyu, I had an allergic reaction. Well, and, that's not fun. How is <laughs> it different from regular beef in that it would give you an allergic reaction? Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's like you were saying that it takes the longest to cook, and it was not cooked. And apparently, I guess they bring it – I think it comes from Japan, and they put, like, penicillin in it to kill the bacteria. And I'm allergic to penicillin, and it didn't get all the way cooked out. And so I had an allergic reaction. <laughs> Well, you like y'all have to come over and we'll we'll, we'll smoke some wings or brisket or uh, I want to smoke a turkey breast. It's not getting time to that fall, so that's one of my next meats that I want to try try smoking. It's hard to find that in the summer. 
I, I would be looking forward to that when I get down to Little Rock. That'd be a fun time. All right, Matt, it's time. It's time to pick games. Nobody, our two guest pickers, nobody's gone over 50% on their pick. So okay. the door is wide open for you to take the lead here. Okay. And boy, I'll tell you what, we have a, a phenomenal slate. And we're going to start with Notre Dame versus Ohio State. Biggest matchup of the week, top 10 matchup. Who do you like in this one, Matt? Man, you know, it's I'm not a fan of either team. I've got some good friends here in Little Rock that are diehard uh, OSU fans. All their boys are like fully in gear on Sunday, and I want to I want to say they got a shot, but but I I just think their quarterback issues, significant quarterback struggles there. And I think Notre Dame. I'm not a big Notre Dame fan either. Uh, I like the history there. I'm a big Rudiger fan back in the day, but uh, I, I just. It's kind of a toss-up to me. So what I've gone to to help me make the decision is I, I did a little research on what the state insects are for both Indiana and Ohio. And so and so for Indiana, it is the monarch butterfly. And for Ohio State, it is the ladybug. And so I think uh, the ladybug's going to have a little hard time moving. And so I think I'm going to go for Notre Dame with the monarch butterfly. Great wow. migration. I like it. Okay. Good pick. <laughs> it's a great way to pick that game. I appreciate that. Next one, a little closer to home, another ring matchup, Ole Miss versus Alabama. Tough one right now. I don't want to pick either one of them because I don't like either one of them. But, man, uh, Kiffin, I think, is on a roll with Jackson Dart. Um, I know they got their Hudkins issues with the injury, and I think they've got some legal trouble as well from what I hear on a, a lawsuit sense. But, man, Bama – I mean, to go through three quarterbacks in three games, it's, it's pretty spectacular uh, for, for a Saban run team. And even though I, I heard Bruce James, former Razorback, say that they, they recently called a team meeting with just a team to rally up some support, uh, I, I want to go Ole Miss, but I think Bama after that team meeting, uh, they just call it without coaches, I, I think they're going to make a turn here. All right. Have you have you guys seen Kiffin's playing a lot of mind games this this week on Twitter? He's been reposting saying that their defensive coordinator is no longer calling the the defense. It's actually their secondary coach. He's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of mind games. I I think the funniest one of the funniest things in college football is how much Lane Kiffin likes to mess with Nick Saban. It's such <laughs> a funny relationship to me. But all right, you're going with the tide. I like it. I like it a lot. Next up, we got Colorado coach Prime at Oregon. What are we thinking here? I like Colorado. My sister lives there. I love the Rockies, love the terrain. Snow is starting to come down the mountains. Um, and I think this is probably going to be the beginning of the, the the end, in a way, of this perfect season for Colorado. And the hype machine is going to get a little struggle after this. And so I think I think Lanning, is he the coach up at Oregon? He is. Uh, from, from Georgia, along with uh, Bo Nix. Is he still there? Yeah. And, um, and so I, I think Oregon's got this. I think Oregon – is that Oregon, right? And I like so it. I think I think Oregon's got this. Next up, another Pac-12 matchup: UCLA versus Utah. UCLA on the rise. I think I like Chip Kelly on this one. UCLA. I think I like it. I think Utah's had a struggle last week, so uh, I was going to say, any update, Kate, on Cam Rising yet? I haven't heard much. I haven't either, so I don't know what they're going to do. It'll be an interesting game for sure. Utah is just so tough as a team, but then obviously UCLA, Chip Kelly, very good offensive team. Next up, we got Oregon State, Washington State, the two Pac-12 teams going up against each other. Both are ranked, by the way, playing really good football right now. 
So we've gone through five matches. This is the fifth matchup, correct? It's the fifth matchup. With five Pac-12 teams all ranked in the top 25. It's quite – actually, it's, this is six. The sixth? Yeah, you're right. Colorado, I forgot about that. Yeah, so six six ranked teams. What a year for the Conference of Champions. It is. Uh, I, I don't know much about Wash, Washington State, the Cougars, but I think Ungalele, I think that's how you say his name, DJ. Not even close, but you're okay. It's not Ungalele? I think it's Ungalele. I used to say Ugalele, but that's way off too. We'll just let the listeners decide on that one to see who said they're right. And so, well, I think DJ, whatever his name is, I think Oregon State is a surprising team. And so I think they're going to beat Washington State. The Beavers. Ooh, another ranked matchup. A little bit different, though. I think it's going to be a lot less scoring in this one. Iowa versus Penn State. Yeah, uh, this is – I think it's just some – I wouldn't say blue bloods like in basketball sense, but but these are some smash mouth football guys. This is – these are the, 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 the farm boys of Iowa versus the great recruits of the kind of some inner city Philly and Pittsburgh over in Penn State. And, uh, I mean, I still like Kirk Ferentz football. And so it's kind of a hard nose, and uh, I, I think they got this one. Go Hawkeyes. A lot of corn. They eat a lot of corn over there. That's why they're so big. Um, next up we have – this is a good one. Florida State at Clemson. Who do you like in this one? This is, to me, even more than Colorado, the most surprising team to me is Florida State. I, I think that they have uh, – even though last week versus BC was maybe a little bit of a letdown, they kind of let them get in the game at the end. But, man, uh, I really like the talent of Florida State. You know, Norvell was considered as a top runner for the Razorback job back before Hammerdown guy, uh, whatever his name was, Morris. We don't speak his name here. Don't want to speak his name anymore. And I, I really like Dabo. I just I just don't think the talent's quite there yet. So I'm going to go Florida State. This one has some, some merit to it for sure. We got UCF at Kansas State. Who do you like? Yeah, I watched the Kansas State-Missouri game, at least the end of it last week, and watching it was at Nevis, I think, is the kicker. You know, There's the, Nevis. Yeah, the hunk of chunk that uh, <laughs> uh, hit the 61-yarder. Uh, and I think Kansas State, with their quarterback issues, I think they had an injury, and they kept on interchanging these guys back and forth. So I, I don't know anything about – I think UCF's the Knights, right? The yes, Golden Knights. the Golden Knights. Yeah. Um, Self-proclaimed national champions of 2015. Yeah, and by by the coach who went on to think he was going to turn Nebraska around too, right? And it didn't. Nobody can turn Nebraska around. So my pick here, once again, I had to go back to some research and uh, really <laughs> digging deep here. And so I, I had to go back for my state insects again. And Florida, the state insect is a, a zebra longwing. And for Kansas State, uh, for the state of Kansas, it's the honeybee. Uh, and I didn't – I've driven through Kansas a few times going to Colorado and cleaning the bugs off my windshield in my car was just excruciating. Uh, so I, I I think I'm going to go for the Zebra Longwing UCF. Do you know what a know Zebra what Longwing is. is? I have no idea. But, I, you know, you should Google it and, you know, I need inform your listeners. I need to look this up. But you're going to go with UCF there. You know who the coach is for UCF, right? Isn't this Malzahn? It is yeah. a smell zone. You like to pick butterflies. Yeah, I didn't even know what that was, but thanks <laughs> for pointing that out. Matt Hubbard, big butterfly man over there. Hey, they're migrating, man. Right, I got one question. I got one follow-up question for you. I know I'm not the host, so sorry for hijacking, but 
bringing back full circle, if you had to make one change with the Razorback football team, what would it be? Can can I insert all all Americans all across the offensive line? Can I do that? Is that okay? <laughs> That's what I would do. If I could retroactively, I was gonna say I would want to hire uh, Garrett Riley, but they've been pretty bad at Clemson, so maybe maybe not. I do think Garrett Riley Riley's incredible, though. I I thought maybe more Dabo is the problem with the offense. What would you do if you had to change one thing about the Razorbacks, Matt? Well, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm. Um, I think the offensive scheme I'm struggling with, um, yeah. and I, and I I think if there's a change, maybe not on the team, but in college football, I, I think the transfer portal really is in favor of like a squad like the Razorbacks who can't compete with a Bama for a high school recruit like a five star. So yeah. it kind of equalizes the playing field a little bit, but at the same time, it costs us on that synchronization of the team. And you constantly have new players in every single every single year due to the transfer portal. I mean, quarterback, wide receiver in sync, offensive line, snap counts, that kind of stuff. I think you're going to have those issues more. So there's a change. I would I would uh, uh, probably change the whole transfer portal rule and maybe even go to a almost like a baseball rule for recruits. You got to stay so long before you can leave to mm-hmm. on the draft. So yeah, I think I know what I would do now. Okay, thought about it. You're welcome, You're welcome Kate. What'd you say? You're welcome. Thank you. I I think uh I think I would have Sam Pittman take over more like offensive line duties. I don't know what you do with the current current O line coach. No offense to Cody Kennedy, but like I feel like a, a lot of head coaches these days take on like a a very like tangible role outside of being the head guy. Like a lot of coaches will call plays now, different stuff like that. What if Sam Pittman was like actually coaching the offensive line? What if he already is? I don't think he is. He's been too good his whole career to actually be doing that now. He's the big dog. That's fair. Um, we'll we'll see what happens to the Razorbacks. SEC play hasn't even started yet, so whole. I mean, it's like the. I mean, from top to bottom, if there was a year that the uh, SEC, that pretty much anybody, at least in the West, might have a shot, mm-hmm. at least it being middle of the road or better, like, like you really don't have a bottom dweller yeah. um, for certain yet. Uh, now, the Hogs did be that one after two more games, but right now you don't have a defined bottom dweller, at least in the West. Um, and so I think, it, I think at the level we get a win this week, you know, um, beat A and M, which would be a big last one in Dallas. That could that could change it a lot. Um, have some leaders step up. You're four. You're four and one right there with that with those two wins. You know who take advantage of this situation in the SEC West? Houston Nut. That guy could win the SEC West. Let me tell you. He did three times, or was it just twice? It was three times. Technically, one we lost a tiebreaker, so we didn't like play for the championship, but. Technically won it three times. Went to the championship game twice. And he did it with a bunch of Arkansas guys. Madre yeah, Hill, D-Mac, you know. Oh, man. Those D-Mac days. Take me back. I was seven years old. All I cared about was that running that running attack of the Razorbacks. Oh, man. What a time to be alive. So good. So anyway, good. Matt, thank you for being on. Everybody enjoy the rest of the show. 
We're going to speed through these game picks. You have 10 seconds to pick. Let me go give you guys an update. I have an update. I told you last week that I would edit that in, but I lied, and I'm sorry. But we have an update now. After three weeks, your totals are Cade, 8 and 11. Oof. Honey, 8 and 11, too. I feel better about Honey's 8 and 11, though, than I do about Cade's 8 and 11, if that makes any sort of sense. I'm Why is that? 10, and Ethan is 10 and 9 because of that Florida pick. Good for him. We all had pretty bad week three, except for Cade. Cade had, was, went 5 and 2. But week three, Cade, you did go one and four. I don't know why I'm just singling you out here because, honey, and I also went one and four. Oh, it was a bad week. Anyway, it was a bad week. It's all wrong. Anyway, let's get into uh, this week. And, man, I mean, if you talk about matchups, your uncle is definitely going to be watching this week because there are some prime time freaking matchups to talk about. I'm very excited. Let's get right into them. Here we go. Ready for this. We got about four minutes left. All right, top 10 matchup. This is the game of the week, although some people have other games. Notre Dame, Ohio State, as always. Cade, let's start with you. I'm going Notre Dame. Sam Harton. Hartman is definitely the star of the show. Same reasons, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's one of the few teams in the nation I really don't have questions about right now. The Sam Hartman-Heisman campaign really takes off this weekend. Notre Dame by a touchdown. Sam Hartman and the power of the necklace made out of his rib bone takes this one, too. I agree with you guys. Go Irish. Ole Miss, Alabama. Cade. Going to Alabama. I trust Saban. I'm going Ole Miss. Uh, QB situation is not great. Ethan. I also like Ole Miss. This is the week that the SEC West really gets shaken up. The Rebels might be the team to beat in the West. Hotty toddy for me as well. Lane Kiffin and the boys have all the confidence. Lane Kiffin is doing his dirty tricks to Nick Saban as he always does. I like Ole Miss, honestly, in this one. Colorado at Oregon. Cade? I'm going Oregon. They're going to wreck the whole Dion dream. I'm also going Oregon. I think this is Colorado's biggest test so far. So Certainly Colorado's biggest test. And this is said this is the week the Sam Hartman Heisman takes, campaign takes off. Also the Bo Nix campaign. Takes another leap forward. I like Oregon by a lot. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what, and I'm going to try to say this in 10 seconds. I have like five seconds left. I really want to pick Colorado in this game, but I do think Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12, so I'm going to go Oregon too. Bodacious Heisman campaign. I like it. UCLA versus Utah. I'm going Utah. I'm counting on Cam Rising playing. That might not happen, but that's I'm going Utah, and they're a tough team. We'll put an asterisk in there. Honey. I'm going Utah Utes. I like it. That's a good enough reason. Utes. Two very mysterious teams, in my opinion, but I'll go with recent history and say Utah in this type of game. Nobody's a Chip Kelly fan except for me. Chip Kelly's got that offense looking pretty good, guys. Watch out for the other Los Angeles team. Bruins are going to win that one. Oregon State, Washington State. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. Uh, going Oregon State as well. DJ Ugalele is my guy. All right, I think you were the only one that said it right. You should have heard us in our when our guest speaker was talking to me and Kay. We got it all wrong on how to say his name. <laughs> Ethan. If you listen to the podcast for the past two years, you know that I love to pick the Beavers, and you know that they always lose whenever I do. So I'm going with Pullman in Washington State, uh, the Cougs. Going Cougs. I'm going to go Beavers myself. I do think DJU and the boys are going to get it done. I think they're a legitimately uh, top ten team. Oh, my goodness, we got to speed through these. Florida State at Clemson, Cade. Florida State. Honey. Florida. 
Florida State. Ethan, Florida State. Oh, Dabo and the boys. Do I pick them? Oh, I think I'm going to pick them. I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going to go Clemson. No, I'm not. I'm going to go Florida State. Sorry. UCF, Kansas State. Kansas State. K-State. UCF by a tutty or two. Uh, UCF, because Kansas City, I think, has still some quarterback injuries that they got to figure that out. Will Howard. Um, all right. Thank you, guys. It's been a fun episode. It's going to go off at any time. Um, appreciate you guys being on the program. We will see you later. It always means a lot. Uh, Ethan's going to end us. Be a fake fine bomb caller calling in talking about the woes of Alabama. Paul, I'm just <laughs> – I can't do this. <laughs>